0: Snippet, the short podcast platform. Boy meets 90s.
1: Boy meets 90s.
0: Back again with Boy Meets Nineties, where I, a 30-something boy, interview some of my favorite icons, legends, and sometimes memes, you know, before there even were memes, from the decade that defined our childhoods, the 90s. Today on the show, we welcome Joseph Marcel, who you best know as Jeffrey the Butler on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, among many other roles. His voice, his likeness, and his zingy one-liners are ingrained in people's psyches still to this day, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. We will discuss the monumental popularity of the show that was almost instantaneous. We will discuss Joseph's true passion, the theater, and we will also go over how important Fresh Prince was to race relations and elevating black voices in the media, particularly in the early 90s. But first, we will learn how Joseph, a British classically trained Shakespearean actor, got the role of the sarcastic quippy butler on an American sitcom in the first place, all the way back in 1990.
1: I usually uh, answer this question with, firstly, by saying, there comes a time in every actor's life when he needs a pension. He needs to look ahead to the future. Um, how I got the role—it's—it's—it's one of those things that um, is beyond luck. I don't know. I, the, the planets have something to do with it. I was actually working on an an American play in London, um, August Wilson's Joe Turner's Come and Gone, when I was asked, would I like to put a certain amount of this thing on tape and send it to the United States because. People like Quincy Jones and, and I had heard of some guy, a rapper guy called Will Smith thinks, you know, that I should do it. So I did it and it, I sent it today, Thursday. It arrived on Friday, on Saturday. They said, uh, we will send you some more and will you do it this way? And will you do this? Will you do this? They, well, in in essence, they directed me and I did that. And we sent it off the following Thursday. And they said, um, right, we need him in Los Angeles on Monday. And my agent said, well, you can't have him. He's, he's got another week on this play. And, you know, I'm sorry, in Britain, you have to stay to the end of the contract. You can't leave. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> that, you know, this thing was hacked by a thread. And, and they said, okay, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait a week. So I finished my run of Joe Turner's Come and Gone, in which I played a character called Bynum. We finished on Saturday night. I flew on Sunday. I arrived in Los Angeles. Somebody picked me up, took me to the hotel. I walked into the hotel room, and the phone started ringing. And all these people knew me who I'd never heard of before. So that was fun. And then the next day, they took me and I met Will, which is a. It really was uh, astonishing. I mean, he was the. You know, he was he was like. Um, Quicksilver. He was he, he, just a bundle of energy. And I met uh, James Avery, the late James Avery, God uh, rest himself. So. And uh, you know, we, we, we clicked. And really, that was it. And in the process of life itself, I found out that I had appeared at UCLA in 1987 on tour with the Royal Shakespeare Company, and somebody had seen me. So when this role came up, somebody said, why don't you see if this guy from the Royal Shakespeare Company is available? Wow. And yeah, serendipity, I suppose.
0: So what do you remember about like the first couple years of the show and realizing that you guys really had something special? What, what is that? What When you think about that time period, what comes to mind?
1: Firstly, how nervous I was. I think I'd been a stage actor for about 20 years at that time. And I'd done...
0: Various televisions in Britain and
1: stuff, but I, you know, I, I, yeah, I was, I was kind of nervous. I wasn't as cool as I am now. I mean, I was kind of <laughs> <nervous>. <laughs> having to get involved with this episodic stuff and it's um, meaning um, weekly, almost like as we say in London, in Britain, weekly repertory, you know. Kind. I got more confident in the sense that I, I relaxed a little more. But the most marvelous thing about it all was that we loved each other, Mm. you know? We got on well together. Will Will was a treat. I mean, you know, we we, we never thought about anything other than what we were doing.
0: Yes, that love between the cast was apparent, contagious, and sometimes tear-inducing. Fresh Prince quickly became the highest-rated sitcom in its first season, skyrocketing to 20 million viewers a week. There was one particular moment where Joseph remembers realizing how popular the show was.
1: I never imagined that, that that it would be what it is, what it has become. Um, but I remember sometime whether whether it was during the first or second season, it may be towards the end of the first season. People were saying, "Do you know what's happening? People are leaving football on ABC." For twenty-eight minutes, coming to watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and going back to football, and we began to think maybe, maybe there is something. And and really, that's how it started.
0: What do you think was so very special about it? Did it have something to do with that? Just that natural chemistry you guys had off the screen? Uh, why why was the show so remarkable?
1: Now everything I say from now on is conjecture. Um, it's my guess because I, I I don't know. Firstly. We had an extraordinary uh, uh, executive producer and Winifred Hervey Storbith as she was then. We had amazing writers. Um, the people behind us really supported us. But most of all, we, we we had a leading actor who was interested in what his craft. He was interested in what he was doing. He you know, he cared about about things, he cared about how he said things. He cared about, you know, how do I get a laugh there? He 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 really cared about the mechanics of of of, of acting and, and and comedy. And if 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 you if you go to work every day and not wish you were somewhere else, I think that's really what it was about. I mean we just we we looked forward to being with each other, you know, we'd spend the eight, ten hours we do and then yeah. I mean, I may have gilded it a bit, but it really was magic.
0: I think it's important on today's episode we address how groundbreaking the show was for elevating black stories in popular television, particularly a wealthy black family living in Bel Air in the 1990s, their fictional home being only 20 miles away from the real life beating of Rodney King, which happened while the show was in its first season. Of course, there were other genre-breaking and boundary-breaking black-led shows that came before Fresh Prince, but they were few and far between, Julia in 1968, Soul Train in 71, Good Times in 74, The Jeffersons in 75, and In Living Color, which started around the same time as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But since Fresh Prince remains the only one of those shows still in syndication today, Its importance for elevating black stories and showcasing them in a different light than TV normally would remains unchanged. Joseph comments on whether the cast realized what they were doing was so meaningful and necessary for people of color.
1: Our our show was the the next level of television. Whereas just before you had Cosby who was a doctor, but mostly um, a man who worked. You know, he did a job. We moved on to a more, um, I can only talk about it in in, in British terms, a more aristocratic black family um, who lived in Bel-Air. They had an English butler, but a black English butler, Uh, you know, which is just extraordinary. um, uh, Philip was the partner in a very successful law firm. Uh, You know, those people did exist, but they never came to the fore. We didn't know about them. Uh, But most of all, it was the fact that this family with all its eccentricities and uh, and and stuff really was a family you know and the family included everyone everyone jeffrey everybody it was that unit and 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 the the unit was attractive because <laughs> like in whole family, all families there is a whipping boy. There is somebody that everybody makes fun of, but the fun is never malicious, and it's always so. The uh, the, the the scale shifts. Sometimes it's Hillary. Sometimes it's, it's it's Jeffrey. Sometimes it's Jeffrey. Sometimes it's Jeffrey. Sometimes then sometimes it's Will. It just moves around, and yeah, it, it, and there, there there was a reality to it that 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 was needed at the time. It, 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 the show evolved because of its time, um, uh, w- but the show's contribution to the world, which is something weird to acknowledge, is that people in uh, Maori children in New Zealand got the show, uh, I think it was in the early 2000s or late 1990s, uh, and they said, There was an identity. There was a, the the, the possibilities were were limitless. Um, uh, Children in Africa, young people, old people, people in Africa, people in the Caribbean, people in Turkey, people in Romania, (laughs) people in Austria, you know, all unsung groups saw that, you know, anything was possible, which is, of course, the American dream that anybody can be president. And, <laughs> and that, that
0: was magical. Well, and, and I'm wondering also how that did specifically impact the Caribbean. You're, you're, you were born in St. Lucia. Um, I yeah. imagine your people are very unrepresented for the most part in mainstream media, mainstream TV and movies. Did you being on that show give some hope to young actors or young uh, prospective entertainers from where you're from?
1: Absolutely. Um uh, it, 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 it is very interesting that there, there, there had been a couple of um, unfortunate incidents and um the, the the Prime Minister invited me if if I could find a week to come that, that he needed to the people to see that you know this is this is our you know one of our current famous son you know, <laughs> of modern current culture. Yes, I I, I work for what. Um the, the 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 young people in London. You know. Um these days well, uh, when I get off the uh the tube, the, the underground train to uh, at Waterloo where which is where we we're rehearsing, uh, and people go legend. Legend Stop talking
0: about me. Wow. <laughs> There is much that contributes to Joseph Marcel's legendary status, but a primary one is his consummate, natural, and spicy British snark. It's what made Jeffrey the butler the butler and led to many memorable one-liners like It's the Black Butler's Convention. This year's theme is get it your own damn self. Here's Joseph again on his contributions to the character.
1: Um, My my contribution would be sometimes... Actually, he wouldn't quite say it like that. He would say it like this. Those kinds of things, <laughs> and more. Uh, as the show went on, and and uh, and uh, I had my own constituency. It, it seemed that uh, it, in a lot of cases, actually a look would work much better than a line, and and, and so that's how it evolved. But it, I think, that the the, the 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 auditions that they sent to me back back in the in the early days in London was that they they needed to see if I you know if I, if I had that quickness of delivery for what they wanted without seeming to go boom boom you know, that kind of dry kind of delivery yeah
0: yes. is that within you in your daily life as well do you go around giving people shit all the time or. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, everybody expects me to say this sort of nonsense, you know. Yeah, you know, say, well, no, um, because um, Jeffrey has become legendary, and he he is part of me. He's part of my life. But it really is simply the 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 kind of culmination of twenty years of acting. It, it's it's being an actor, being able to do what is requested, what is required of you. And, and to do it to the best of your ability, and to make it seem as though it was, it is an original thought newly coined.
0: Joseph went on to tell me how the popularity of Fresh Prince gave him the freedom of choice professionally to do or not to do. In other words, the financial success of the show allowed Joseph to pick and choose what sorts of projects he worked on after it ended in 1996. And as you heard at the beginning of this episode, he is back on stage performing Shakespeare, Working on a sitcom for six years—not exactly his first choice—gave him the power to wake up in the morning and do what he truly loves every day.
1: I think you hit it on the thumb there, sir. I think you have that is it is, and 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 it, 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 it's purely selfish in the sense that when you when you get to my age, um, you know, uh, dementia and all that other good stuff is all you have to look forward to, and aches and pains. And with Shakespeare, it's constantly challenges challenges me to to learn you know archaic English and all sorts of weird stuff to say thank you to the gods I continue to do things <laughs>
0: um and you also recently flew to la uh during the pandemic to do the reunion for fresh Prince um which oh my god which was uh, unbelievable to watch it was so much fun on HBO Max talk about getting back together <laughs> with everybody what was that like
1: oh man that was that that, that was that was, um, you see, we had, we had, every few years we get together and we have lunches and stuff. But this was the first time in 30 years that we had actually been on the set. So you can imagine, you know, the, the, <laughs> the rekindling of memories and reactivating of uh, frustrations and all the stuff. And the worst part about it, perhaps the most interesting, is that when we did meet on the set, it was like, oh, Lord, that's Karen. Huh. That's Miss Hillary. That's Tatiana with her children. Huh. Huh, that's Alfonso. Will, look at Will. You know, you, you had to grasp hold of your mind and bring it back to the present. And, I mean, it was wonderful. I mean, it's just wonderful, but that the the initial instinct was, my God, this is you know, we are not the people who should be here. They' the people who should be uh, behind us somewhere. Then, no, no, we are the people just time that does what it does. I mean it, it was it was it was truly, truly. it was one of those moments where when we got together that you know we missed James Avery. Um, his, his, his corporeal presence wasn't there, but spiritually you could feel, you know?
0: Yeah. Incredible. All right. Only a couple more things I want to ask you. So, um, can we touch on this a little bit, but I want to bring it to present times, you know, everything that's still going on with, with race in the world and particularly in our country. Do you think watching Fresh Prince is still important? Did it set the stage for new things that are even more important now that we watch? I mean, how do we, um... Utilize Fresh Prince as a tool, perhaps, to continue, you know, viewing Black people differently on TV. Fresh
1: Prince's greatest moments were that everything was done with humor. Everything, although there is that episode when when Will's father, was, where the the whole emotion that had been repressed over. Three seasons just gushed out, but up to that moment, it was humorous. And w- what the, the, the character of Philip in, in, in the show was able to do, and the writers were, were able to, to to kind of delineate through him, was that there are there are laws which are federal, there are laws which are local, and there are laws. In this family, and you play it. Now, what we can contribute to 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 to, to, to the world, um, the world of um, race relations, I, I I think is the fact that the the characters in that show never presume that anybody was negative. The, it has to do with what the great man said, um, the contents of their spirit, who they are, not the color of their skin. Yeah, yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um, forced people to see that.
0: Thank you again to Joseph Marcel. You can currently catch him in the stage production of Hamlet, doing what he loves, at the Young Vic Theatre in London. It also has a live stream at youngvic.org. I'm Tyler Russell for Boy Meets 90s. Find more short podcasts you'll love at snippet.fm. And in the words of Uncle Phil, just remember, happiness comes from the inside.
1: Thank you, Tyler. Bye-bye.